0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio Network. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation Certified Instructor and Resiliency Expert, helping people to think, speak, and act positively through the many and varied challenges of life. You can find out more about me in this interview at my website, which is Tom, the number two, and tall, dot com. Our guest today is the amazing Don Purdom. Don is the owner and founder of Unveil the Web, where he avidly shares his experiences and knowledge around online marketing in his blog, his podcast, and his video blog. He has been an entrepreneur since 2004, and in addition to Unveil the Web, he has owned several businesses during that time, ranging from a community website, an online newspaper, a web development and design company, and an online networking company. He is a veteran of both the U.S. Navy and Army National Guard as a chaplain, and he is the author of a new book, e-book, titled The Shift, The Fast-Paced Transition from Mass Marketing to Context Marketing. Learn how to resonate with and inspire those who are ready to buy from you. Don is a sought-after strategic marketing coach, consultant, blogger, and speaker. Welcome to the show today, Don.
1: Well, thank you, Tom. Thank you for having me. What a privilege and honor it is to be on the show with you today.
0: And I think that you might be a repeat guest on Journey to Success. I think I remember at some point my friend Taylor Tag might have interviewed you.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, gosh, that's been what, at least two years ago now, and Taylor's a great guy. I need to connect with him again. It's been a while since Taylor and I chatted last.
0: And, uh, whenever Taylor does a show, I don't know what he does, but it has a lot of listens, more listen, listens than myself or any other host. So, uh, good for uh, being interviewed by him. He's a good friend of mine and a uh, fellow Napoleon Hill certified instructor as well. So let's get to uh, not only your new book, which uh, sounds cool, I like the cover of it too, well done. Uh, why do many business owners and entrepreneurs feel this uh, deep anxiety or frustration about marketing online and like are they mostly old guys like me, like I'm 51 or do even younger people have the same anxiety or frustration about online marketing?
1: Well, I think that most business owners across the board, regardless of their age, have this tendency to have an an anxiety around how do I get this great concept, this great business, this great idea that I have into the marketplace so that I can start doing what I really love, which is the reason that I started my business in the first place. And many business owners, Tom, in my experience, when you sit back and think about it, they have a tangible skill or they have training or they have something that says, I can do this business. But what they don't have is they don't typically have any experience or training or background in marketing. And marketing unto itself, as you know, is a whole different monster than having a skill set to run a business.
0: Hmm. It's totally different.
1: Yeah, it's a totally different thing, and people just aren't trained and equipped for it. So I walk into this arena, and we have, and I shared about this in the introduction of the book, we have 300-plus years of mass marketing saturation. We have a mindset that evolves around this big, huge monster. I I even found online an interesting, uh, when I was doing my research for the book, an interesting Advertisement that George Washington put out in 1787, I believe, for an auction that he was going to have. And if you go back into that era, even up until the 1920s, the predominant way that you would get your message out is through maybe some type of billboard or a sign on your building or through the newspaper, those were really the mechanisms that you had for advertising, and in the 1920s you get into radio, and into the 50s you get television, and, and and we've been shaped and formed by talking to mass audiences to try to appeal to them to get a small number of that mass audience to come buy from us. The anxiety happens when we get online, we build a website, we get our social media pages, we do all of this great stuff. And and then all of a sudden, we get two, three, four, five, six months into it, and we find out we're not getting any traffic. And the traffic we are getting, people aren't talking with us. They're not picking up the phone. They're not filling out the forms on the website. Nothing's happening. And that creates an even deeper anxiety and frustration because, well, I thought this tool was supposed to help me make money. Instead, it's costing me money. And and people are just – frustrated about the promises of the internet, because everywhere they go, they hear internet marketers, whether they're web designers and developers or social, social, uh, social media people or search engine optimization people going to these networking meetings saying, you've got to be on the web, you've got to be on the web, you've got to have all these promises. And then they go and buy them and spend all this money for their service, and it doesn't work. And it's just a frustrating, frustrating thing.
0: mm. Very frustrating. I remember the first few months I had a website. It was like like crickets out there. It's like, anybody listening? Nobody coming? Uh, Now it's exciting. I get like over 20,000 visits from over 130 countries every month. But the first few months were like, wow, like you said, this is costing me money. And so far, I think just my wife and I are the only ones looking at it. And so it was pretty frustrating. You have to persist on, learn a bit more as you go along and, uh, have how to narrow in on your audience and how to write for that audience and can be pretty, uh, daunting experience for sure, for sure. So why, and now this is something that, uh, I've noticed as well and it's like wrong thing to do, but why do so many businesses get caught up in the trap about talking about themselves instead of their audience? we do this, we do that, we're the greatest at that, Uh, your audience doesn't really care. And what they care about is themselves.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely right. Well, I'll go back again to that whole mass marketing concept because in mass marketing, who is it all about? It's about me, the business. It's about getting my logo out there, my brand out there. It's about trying to tell people what I do when you're absolutely right tom people don't care i used to i used to love going to networking meetings whether they were at local chamber of commerce or different networking groups and you know you'd get your 30 or 60 second commercial and everybody would be standing around you could tell they were all thinking about what they wanted to say nobody's listening to the other person and when they do get their chance they're flat they're boring they're uninspiring all they do is talk about what they do. Well, if you're a if you're a plumber, I kind of know what you do. I kind of need to I kind of need to know why I should buy you over your competition if I'm going to use your service. And that's the struggle that people are really wrestling through is that they are just so consumed because they don't know any better. We're talking about themselves. And when you talk about yourself, I mean, think about it, Tom. Let's say we're at a networking meeting together again. I'll use this as an illustration because I'm, I'm under the belief after 10 years of entrepreneurship and all of that being online, but I do an incredible amount of offline networking. Let's say we go to a networking meeting and I meet you for the first time, and you, what's the number one question most people ask each other the first time they meet?
0: What do you do?
1: What do you do? Now, how you answer that question sets the framework for the rest of that relationship. <laughs> so if I just tell you what I do, you're probably left with, so what? Uh, or how many people in these meetings can we see the – I'll just – these guys are classic for doing this. So if you're an insurance person and you feel I'm stereotyping you, I'm very, very sorry. I'm not. It's not personal, but it's true. How many times have we seen the insurance guy just going from one person to the next person to the next person to the next person, and all he's doing is handing out his business card and saying, come talk to me if you have an insurance need? All right. But that's what we do. We train ourselves over and over and over again to just walk the room and tell people what we do and scream, buy me. That's the same thing we're doing on the Internet. Ninety-nine percent of the websites out there are just blasting out, buy me, buy me, buy me, buy me, buy me. And the days of the squeeze pages and the landing sales pages and all of that stuff, those days are over because the consumer has gotten more educated, more savvy, and they know what they want. And if you can't deliver that need for them, they're not even going to entertain you online. They're going to go onto your website, they'll be on it for 10 seconds, and they'll bounce right off.
0: Exactly, exactly. You have to write about what would someone sitting at their computer, what would my prospect or computer be asking on Google that would get me found?
1: Well, and, and so that takes us into a whole other realm of sitting down and really going through the process of asking myself as the business owner, what business am I really in? Hmm. What business am I really in? If I'm a plumber, I'm not really in the business of plumbing.
0: That's not really
1: the business that I'm in. That's what I do. But people already know what you do, and they don't care about that. They want to know, what is it that you're going to do for me? Right. So that takes us down a whole nother road, Tom, of having to really sit back and evaluate and think through, okay, I started a business for a reason. What is the reason that I started my business? I mean, Tom, you're really great at what you do, and I love Napoleon Hill Foundation, and I, and I love Napoleon Hill's book. What was it that you're really passionate about? What was it for Napoleon Hill that you just said to you, I've got to figure this thing out and be involved in Napoleon Hill?
0: Exactly, that's you're getting right at the crux of the matter there. There is nothing to do with me. It's like I want to help other people make the maximum of their skills and talents and pursue their purpose. And why reinvent the wheel when Napoleon Hill already has the principles that can help you figure out your purpose and pursue it aggressively and laser focused for the rest of your life. And so that's really what I was after, not oh, no, people are going to pay attention to Tom Cunningham. No, they're going to pay attention to principles that already exist that help them discover their purpose and pursue it passionately.
1: Now, even one step further than that, was there something going on in your life? Was there a passion button? Was there something that, that you were going through in your mind that said, this is something that I want to do with the rest of my life? Was there, what was behind that?
0: Right, exactly. The, behind it was a desire to uh, be an encourager and to serve others and to help other people. And this is was the best way that I knew of doing it through Napoleon Hill because he helped me so much.
1: Yeah, and and I could say for me, the reason why I do what I do after being in web development for nearly seven years. Is I just saw over and over and over and over and over these businesses that were spending five, ten, fifteen, twenty, fifty thousand dollars or more. I was selling one hundred and fifty thousand dollar websites at the end. These people were spending an incredible amount of money on tools that weren't going to work for them, and I knew it wasn't going to work for them because it wasn't even working for me. I wasn't getting prospects from the internet. I was getting prospects through my offline networking. And and that's okay for me because I was a web development company, not a social media company or not a search engine optimization company. So I didn't have to fall back on that to demonstrate competency in that area. But here's the point. Even if you're a web designer, web development, people are still having a certain expectation that this tool is going to work for me. And when it doesn't generate a marketing buzz for them, That just simply said to them, I'm really good at building websites of all different types with all different types of complexities, but I'm not good at really helping them with their core fundamental problem. And that frustrated me so much, Tom, it left this empty pit sitting in my stomach because that was why I was in one development. I was trying to use a skill that could make a difference for people. It could make a difference for me as well. I could make great money at it. I could build a profitable business from it. I could have my place in making a difference in the world. But I just kept having that empty, sinking feeling every time I would make a sale that, okay, this is a great concept or idea, but I'm not sure how this is going to play online because I know with all these other ways. We- and so now here we go with the negative mindset and the stories that I started telling myself that were getting me in trouble. And even though I was highly successful, I could have been even more successful. But I didn't take the time to really sit back and say, what is the core fundamental problem that each one of my customers are having? And it wasn't until about two years ago or 18 months ago that it hit me right upside the head. And the problem is is that people are too quick to jump to the technology to solve their problems instead of doing the hard work inside of their businesses to define who their business is, and what they're passionate about, and why are they in business? Who, what problems are they really solving for their customers and learning how to think like the customer or the prospect? What are the questions they're asking themselves? What are the needs they're having? And then how is my product or service a part of that solution? And when okay. you start tying that all together, it changes everything.
0: It does, it does. Now let's talk about blogging because I love blogging and two out of my last three coaching clients, I basically, one of the best things that they could do for their business was start a blog, start writing about their business, about themselves, about their life, about who they are, about the books they're studying. Um, But yet so many people don't have a blog. So what is a blog and does it really work for, for businesses?
1: Well, that is a great question, Tom. I'm going to answer that by pulling up an article from my own blog that I recently wrote that will answer that question, because there's some amazing statistics out there about businesses who blog and the results that they can get from their blogs. And uh, just while I'm looking that up here... A blog is nothing more at the end of the day than a way for you to have a conversation with your prospects with your customers it 's a way for you to present that you can solve a problem for them it's a way to it 's a way to show them that you 're competent um, and competency is a really big deal. too many people downplay competency. Yeah. What I mean by that is, is um, I believe it was Jeffrey Gettemer who I first heard this from. I don't know if he coined it or not, and he's absolutely right. I'm not trying to set him up as being wrong here. Uh, Jeffrey would say, people will buy from you when they know, like, and trust you. And that's true, but there's a precursor to that. And the precursor is, are you competent? Right. Because if you're not competent, it doesn't matter how much they like you, they're not going to buy from you.
0: Right. I have a lot of people that know, like, and trust me, but they are not calling me for any type of surgeries or dental work or anything like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what is a blog? A blog is a tool. It's like, think of it like a magazine. It's a way for you to write in-depth articles that talk to one person with one problem solving one need. That's how a good blog works in terms of its content. So the days of writing a 300-word blog article or a 500-word blog article and it having a lot of impact, those days are over. Because Google is wanting more information, and everybody loves Google, so everybody gives Google what they want, but the consumer wants more information. You can't really very often demonstrate competency in a 250-word article. All you can do in 250 words is tell them what you do, and we're back to nobody cares. <laughs> okay, and that's why your blog articles aren't getting read. If you're just writing really short little blog articles that just say what you do, nobody wants that. They're not going to consume it. They're not going to share it. They're not going to fill out the forms. They're not going to endorse you. And and here are the facts. Let me. I, I, I pulled up the article. Only thirteen percent of blogs are run by entrepreneurs or small business owners. That's of all the millions and millions and millions of blogs out there. Only thirteen percent of blogs are run by entrepreneurs or small business owners. Only eight percent of blogs run by businesses are done by someone that was hired by the company. So now we're at twenty percent of all business blo- of all blogs are business blogs. Between wow. those two. Okay. Ninety percent of consumers find customer content useful. Wow. Think think about that number. What does this say about advertising? It says, nobody trusts your advertising. That's the subconscious message that's being sended. Right. Ninety percent of consumers find customer content useful. Sixty percent of consumers feel a company's positivity after reading the site. 60% of consumers feel a company's positivity after reading the site. So when you're solving a problem, are you writing your articles from a negative point of view or a positive point of view? See, if you're solving a problem, it's a positive thing, and your article shouldn't be slanted in a negative. It should be slanted in a positive. And I actually want to ask you to speak to that in just a second as a, as a, as a member of the Napoleon Hill Foundation and an expert in thinking about positive thinking and its, and its effects and results on the mind. But that's a staggering number. Seventy percent of consumers learn about a company through articles rather than ads. Right. Right. And 81% of U.S. Consumer, consumers trust advice and information from blogs. So let me ask a question, Thomas. If 81% of U.S. consumers trust blogs and 70% learn more about a company through their blog than through an advertisement, and small businesses, here's the key number, generate 126% more leads than those businesses who don't have a blog. Ooh. Why aren't people blogging and doing it the right way? Spending the time to do it.
0: Right. And unveiling themselves instead of hiring someone to do their blog for them. That's crazy. You're the owner or you're one of the executives or one of the key people in the company. You write the blog. You know the heartbeat of your company. You know what you're passionate about. You know who you've helped. You know what you do in your community. Why have someone else do that?
1: Well, because two reasons. Number one, I'm not comfortable, and I don't think I know how. Uh, right. Or number two, I think it's a waste of time, and I don't want to invest my resources and time in there. I cannot tell you how many times I've heard that one from business owners, Tom, and yet I've got the proof to say that businesses who blog and do it well, on average, get 126% more leads than those businesses that don't have a blog. Wow,
0: that's like a staggering number.
1: It is a huge number. Now, what percent? and I always teach business owners to think about this from another perspective. Uh, a lot of people talk about sales funnels. I say ignore sales funnels, funnels, focus on your marketing funnel, and here's why I say that. I look at a box at the bottom. Imagine like a funnel from the top to the bottom with the arrow pointed down, and there's a box at the bottom. Let's say you need X number of dollars a month as your goal. Okay, what is your, your average dollar cost received for an average sale? If you know that number, then you know how many people you have to sell each month. Once you know how many people you have to sell, now you can figure out what is my conversion rate on my sales from my prospects. You can work your way back to how many people do I really have to be in front of every single month for the average business they literally have to be in a minimum of 2 to 4000 people a month in front of. And I mean people that are actively telling them they want to, they want to learn more. For wow. the average business out there. Now some businesses are different. Again, you could get some that are only 100 people or 50 people a month. Others uh, maybe 10,000 a month. But the point is how are you going to find all those people? And then we wonder why business owners are miserable and why they're struggling.
0: Right, right, and that's uh, a lot of people to need to be in front of, and it's very hard to be in front of them in person. So, so a online blog is... can
1: do that for you. Right. A blog, but a blog by itself, just with the content, is not enough. It, when, you, when, you, when you post the article on your website, the work's just beginning. Right. That, that's the other fallacies. I wrote the article, wipe my hands clean, walk away, and I'm done. Uh-uh you 're just starting this isn 't this isn 't two thousand and five those, <laughs> those days are gone they are long, long gone, so you 've got to get readers on that thing that are in your core demographic audience so if you 've done the foundational work i 've already talked about, you know what business you 're really in, you know what the tangible values are. you know the problems that you solve. you know who you specifically solve the problem for, and you know how your products and services are part of the solution. Now you can write to one problem for one person, because here's the thing. If one person has the problem, there are many more who have it as well.
0: Oh, for sure, for sure. Now here's something that's interesting, Don, that I've counseled people on or talked to them about, is uh, not only you need to know what business you're in, what problems you solve, and what people are looking for online about that problem, but uh, people do business with People, and so I share with people that I talk to that their blog can also include uh, for instance, one of my blog pages that I update regularly is about my church uh, baptisms, exciting events, things coming to the church, and uh for a couple of reasons because. People at church don't know what I do. I don't go around shaking hands and handing out business cards when I'm there. Uh, so it's a way for people who are from church to find out what I do and to let the world know, you know, this is I'm proud of this great church I'm part of. Um, and so you can, if your company does things out in the community to serve the community, if you do volunteer work to help your community – That can be on your company blog as well because people do want to do business with good people, people that are doing good things for their community and the world. And so it doesn't always have to be about your specific problem uh, that your business solves, but it can also sometimes be about who your business is and who the people are in your business and what are they doing that's interesting and contributing positively to the world.
1: Well, and that's a great point, Tom, because I think you have to sit back again and ask who is your core audience and what do they care about and what is it they're looking for in a company to do business with. So, yes, by all means, every every company is going to be different in terms of how they're going to approach their blog, what they're going to put on their blog. Personally, I don't put personal things like that on my blog. That's not right, that's not wrong. Um, I just don't because I'm really – have very clear specificity on what I'm trying to accomplish with my blog. So that's the next thing that follows behind after the foundations of your business is knowing what are the strategies that you're going to employ. What are the specific and measurable goals you're going to use to fulfill those strategies? And then obviously the objectives, which in other words for objectives is a task or their task. Those are the actionable items you're going to execute to fulfill those, to, to fulfill those goals. So, if if that's not in my case what i need to talk with my audience then i'm not going to do that but for many businesses that is a great thing to do because you're absolutely right people want to know who they're dealing with and what their values are and how they're involved and that is important to a lot of people so there are a lot of different things that you can build into your blog strategies to help you have that conversation but again Here's the key to this thing. It has to be geared towards your audience, not you, even when you're writing about things you're doing. And right. that's where it gets hard for businesses because then they get lazy and then they get in the trap of, oh, wait, I'm doing this. And they get they suddenly get back into the, oh, look at me, look what I'm doing by me thing.
0: Right, right, right.
1: And you got to be careful of that trap, because it, it, it's a monster that sneaks up on you and bites you in the rear really quick.
0: <laughs> it it does, and it's a, it's a skill to learn how to do that. Uh, for instance, just uh, as we talked about uh, before, uh, um, co-authoring a book with Taylor Tagg. It's at the editor now, and one of the things you got to learn to do when writing your story is not say, I, 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 me, me, me all the time, but try and write it so that the person reading it is gonna be picturing themselves and picturing their life and imagining their life based on what you're telling them in your book about yourself. And so it's kind of a learned skill, something you gotta learn because it doesn't come naturally. We just like to talk about us, 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 but there's a way to communicate you by having someone else think about what you do as well. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it, yeah, it, it is a skill to not just talk about you, 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 but write it so that people are thinking about them, them, them.
1: Well, and that's why if you start off with a, with a question and a story about people's real lives, their real stories, their real situations. For example, in that blog I wrote, I started off, it's titled Successful Blogging Tips for Service-Based Businesses. So I start off with how many times have you attended a conference, seminar, workshop, webinar, saw a Facebook post about blogging, or had a customer walk into your business and asked if you have a website or blog. That set the whole tone for the article. <laughs> because right. the focus is already on them. If I'm not if I turn around and make it about me, then I'm gonna confuse the audience that's reading it. They're gonna feel like they got a bait and switch.
0: Right, right, right.
1: And that's where, you have to be, um, that's where you have to be really clear about what you're trying to accomplish with any single given blog article. So I mentioned a second ago, Tom, if I may, um, about when you write the blog article, you're not done, that the real work's just beginning. And you always have three audiences, your primary audience, which is the audience that Those are the prospects and customers that are going to buy from you. That's always your core or who you want. But the second audience is is how do you find those people that serve the same audience you do but in a different way and connect with them? Mm. So now we're back into networking. So if there's anybody on this call that's listening and you're an offline networker and you're a masterful networker, the same principles apply to online networking that they do offline It's just that the tools are different. The opportunities are so much bigger online. I don't even go to networking events anymore because I've got a Facebook group that's just thriving of people telling me their problems and asking me questions. And I earn more business through that. than it's just unbelievable. I think I'm going to start a LinkedIn group too. (laughs) Yeah. But it's just incredible what can happen because you can create your own environments for networking online in ways that you could never do offline. Uh, and and the party never stops, so to speak. And that's the really cool part. That doesn't mean stop offline networking. That would be silliness if that's what you do and you're good at it. I'm, please don't hear that. Um, but add this to it if you can. Find those who – Serve the same audience you serve, but in a different way, and figure out how do you resonate with them. I went from a no-name blogger in my niche back in May of 2014 to now being considered a super blogger. I get on average anywhere from 30 to 60 comments on a blog article. Uh, Those comments are all on average between three and four paragraphs. They're not little, thank you, Don, appreciate your comment or your blog article type comments. These are these are very in-depth comments that I've earned. So how do you get this type of social validation through your blog? Because that's the next part, right? If someone goes to your blog, a prospect goes to your blog, and they see there's 35 comments on there, and they're all deep, and there's a lot of questions, what have you established about your competency? Hmm. Right. Okay, that's question number one. Question number two, if I'm a prospect on there, now that I know you're competent, maybe you're somebody I should talk with because your article resonated with me. I understood. It's all about me. How did you get it? I love it when people say in a blog comment or on a social media page, they'll say something to the effect, how did you know I was going through this?
0: <laughs> nice. Nice.
1: I love it when that happens, and that happens about once or twice a week on average. I love that because that tells me that I'm talking to people. I'm talking with them about them, not about me. That's an indicator that it's working. So one of the things I did that propelled my blog is is right in June of 2014, I went out and did some research on bloggers in my niche that are successful. I didn't go up for the top tier most popular people. That's a waste of time. Uh, they're never going to – I mean, they've got everybody coming at them. I don't know if you know who Gary Vaynerchuk is. Or Chris oh,
0: Rose. he got me started in online marketing. I love Gary Vaynerchuk.
1: Yeah, but what are the odds that, that I'm going to catch Gary Vaynerchuk's attention and he's going to read all my blogs and comment and share my stuff out and endorse my book?
0: A rare, a little, very small. Very chance.
1: little opportunity for that. I have to work my way up to it, right? What's going to catch Gary vandercheck's attention is if I network my way up to somebody who knows Gary and says, hey, do you know about this guy Don over here? <laughs> right. Right? That's what will catch his attention. But me just going to his blog and commenting on his videos and hoping that one day he'll – No matter how good my comments are, the odds are way stacked against me for the level of work required to get that attention. But... I can find those mid-level bloggers that are getting 5, 10, 15,000 visitors a month that are influential in their networks. They serve the same audience I do in a different way. And it's very easy to catch their attention through really good comments on their blogs and start engaging and networking with them and connecting with them on social media and sharing their stuff and conversing with them about their social media stuff. And what happens in a relatively short period of time, anywhere from a couple of weeks to a couple of months, It's all of a sudden now you've got their attention because they've consistently seen you. They love what they're seeing, and they're coming to your blog leaving comments, and now they're sharing your stuff out, and it has this duplicative effect over and over and over. It goes pop, 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 and now you're connecting with other influencers, and that's where I spend my time to reach my audience is hanging out with these influencers that maybe even they have 100,000 visitors a month in some cases. I've worked my way into a few of those. But it's amazing the web traffic you'll get, the social shares you'll get, the, blog, the validation you'll get through your blog, the validation you'll get through your social media and how quickly it can grow and how many customers you can earn that you could never do just through putting an ad in your local newspaper or in the magazine or on the radio or on TV or wherever. Your blog... Can be a catalyst to take your business to the next level in a way that you probably have never thought of or comprehended because you're too lazy to do the work and you hide behind subconsciously. Oh, I don't have time for that, or my I'm too busy for that. Now, if I told now, let me ask you a question, Tom. If you came at me with that question, I told you, what if I have a foolproof way to get you 126% leads per month, and it's legitimate? I'm not even asking for any money, You just have to do the work. Would mm. that be something you're interested in
0: uh, in spades
1: <laughs> so we gotta get we gotta get these lies out of our head that it's too much work or I don't have time for it or whatever. Um, yes, you do. I don't care if you're a defense contractor. I don't care if yeah, you're think... uh if you're a barber. I don't care what you are, if you're not doing this stuff, you get risk being left behind because we are going through a major transformational shift in marketing right now. And if you follow Gary Vanderchuk, you know he talks about this as well. Mm-hmm. Right? We are going through the most exciting time in history in marketing, and it's going to be the biggest revolution the Internet's seen since 1995. Wow. And most <laughs> businesses are not ready for it and a lot of businesses are going to be hurt in the next five years. Even people in the web design industry. Um, the new artificial intelligence-based website uh, website builders are coming out like the grid. I predicted two years ago that it won't be long. We won't have web designers anymore because the artificial intelligence is going to catch up to them, and all I have to do is pay 10 or $15 a month, tell it what I want it to do, and there it is. Wow. The grid is already there. It launched in January.
0: Wow. And there are
1: more coming behind it and web designers have no clue this is coming and they're going to get hit upside the head so hard when they find out and they're going to be left tail spinning with uh oh, I don't know what uh, what else do I do?
0: Wow. Interesting uh, stuff, and certainly uh, something, uh, as we've talked about, like any business, you need a blog. And there's something really cool about coming across people who found your blog and read your blog. Uh, You know it, I know it, I get emails from people. I meet people in various social situations that I'm involved in that it's like, Tom, I read that blog article or I listened to that radio interview, and and I'm often thinking like, Wow, who would have thought that that person would have found my blog or listened to my radio show uh you know people from around the world and countries that i if you paid me to, I couldn't find them on the map, and <laughs> you're like, Wow, just me sitting in my track pants in my home office." Writing a, a, something uh, about Napoleon Hill or a radio interview I did and someone from Yuktak finding it and, and reading it or listening to it, it's a really... And once you do that a few times and that happens, you really do realize the value of it uh, as a prospecting tool, as a tool for building connections and, and friends. It's It's a really fun experience.
1: Uh, It really is, and it's exciting when you actually realize that I'm actually making a difference for people and the way and means and for the purpose of why I started my business. Because all businesses exist to solve somebody's problem, right? Right. Because if it didn't, you wouldn't be in business.
0: Right. And when you hear from people whose problems you've solved it. It's a really great feeling.
1: It is. It's a, it's an unbelievable feeling. And it the money can't buy that. No, it it and 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 if you don't if someone if someone would like to argue with me that, I'd love to take you and introduce you to uh introduce you to the CEO of Armstrong World Industries who's here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. A lot of people know Armstrong Armstrong is the flooring company.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Well, I'll tell you right now, he's one of the richest men you'll ever meet, and he's also one of the most miserable because he doesn't know what purpose that, that he functions in in the world other than growing Armstrong World Industries into a top flooring company. They don't think that way. Right. Corporations don't think that way. They think in terms of dollars, and they disconnect dollars from purpose and mission.
0: Wow. hadn't thought of it like that but yeah this really connects you with your audience like referrals will just come in testimonials will just come in um it's just a great way to really tell the world who you are what problems you solve whose other problems you've solved and uh just build credibility for yourself. Well done. I think we could actually go on forever and silly me because I'm uh, again not a in your face pushing thing. I should have put your I should have had you say your website a bunch of times before uh like 45 50 minutes into the interview. Uh but for sure they'll find it uh, online and my website and blog talk radio and all that. But unveil theweb.com unveil theweb.com
1: yep yep you can find uh, my new ebook there titled the shift as tom mentioned earlier in the show it's only $2.99 on amazon this is not a rake you over the coals type of thing but all the stuff we talked about today and more including a case study of an actual client who went through the whole process Ooh. is is in the book and um If you really want to figure out how all of this works, I would encourage you to get it because most I don't know of any consultants and business coaches that are out there talking about this because I'm not too interested in talking about the how-tos. In other words, how to use Facebook, how to use Twitter, how to use LinkedIn, how to do this. Um, I'm interested in helping you get to the bottom result of what's in my mind, how do I view my business, and how does the world view my business because if you don't have that right, the tools aren't going to help you.
0: Right, 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 right. Start with the proper foundation and then learn the tools from there. Learn the tools based on what your true purpose for existing
1: is. Exactly, exactly. And then once we're done with that, then I can talk with you about strategies and goals and objectives and how to build this out online the right way. Uh, When I say the right way, by the way, that's contextual to the business, not to what I think. There is no technical right way. Right. Uh, Right. Some some businesses, they have certain needs, and so we need to figure out a way for them within their strategies to help them do this so that it meets whatever needs they may have. Right. But everybody's a little different.
0: Nice. So unveiltheweb.com, really great website, and I looked over a few of the blog articles the last few days and love them. So yeah, unveiltheweb.com, buy the book The Shift, as Don said, $2.99, come on, for all the knowledge and wisdom and expertise that's in that book. $2.99, $2.99, you're spending a lot more money on a lot of other things that are not generating you any prospects or clients or online traffic, so $2.99, that's worth the investment. Amazon.com, uh, The Shift or Don Purdom, P-U-R-D-U-M, look up either one of them, buy the book. Uh, you will get an ROI on a $2.99 book ninety $1.99 book that helps you find prospects and clients, for sure. All you need is one. No matter what you sell, you're making $2.99 on it, hopefully. So uh, it's worth buying the book. Thank you, Tom. Have an amazing day. Thanks, Don.
1: I certainly will. Thanks so much for having me on the show.
0: Take care.